This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Active Quest. This is episode 78. I'm one of your hosts, Joseph Yaden, and joining me today is the beautiful British boy, Mr. Chris Penwell. Hello, Chris. Bonjour, mon ami. <laughs> that does, that, now, I know y'all British people like to mess a bunch of words up, but that didn't sound British to me, Chris. Uh, what? what? Uh, <laughs> throwing throw a bunch of throwing all these u's in these words and these random letters that don't belong anyway no 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 just be francais no oh, just... jesus christ uh and just joining kidding. us as well is mr josh nichols hello josh hello joseph how's it going josh uh it's it's uh been a week i'm looking forward to uh to video games this weekend i've been it has busy week. dude this week has been a month I mean, it's just, it's, let's, let's be real here. Uh, and today is a very special episode. Well, every episode is a little bit special in its own way, but this episode is very special because one of my best friends and, you know, he just somebody who I've worked with before and is just awesome in all regards. Uh, we, we have a guest on the show today, Mr. Jesse Vitelli, writer at Twinfinite. Hello, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm afraid you oversold me a little bit there and I might not live no. up to the hype now. But uh, I appreciate yeah. it too, bud. I, I, thank you. I'm happy to be here and uh, chatting with you because it has been a week for sure. And it sure has. It feels it sure good has. To, to be here. So. And and yeah, so we, we've worked together actually at 100 years ago, it seems. <laughs> yeah, at this uh, point. At, at, at Twinfinite and stuff. And you were one of the first people I actually connected with when I started all this stuff. So I'm glad to have you on. Um, so you doing okay? Jesse? Yeah, I mean, uh, as okay as anybody can be in in these these unprecedented times, as we will. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it it feels it feels nice to be able to to chat with you and hear all of your wonderful voices. And yeah, other other humans. Yeah, I, sometimes yeah, it's hard to. It's, it's, it's I forget what it's like it. sometimes. <laughs> and and I have to know, how's the beard? The beard is long, like very long. <laughs> Uh, I have not, for people who may not know, uh, I'm doing a thing where I'm not getting a haircut or a beard trim until this is over, uh, because I don't have, I will never have this opportunity in my life again. So what, so what if it's like a year from now? So I'm, I'm currently wrestling with the problem that, uh, my barber opened back up and my barber is down Ah. the block from my apartment. But they're not doing uh. beard trims yet. They're only doing haircuts, which is like fair because they don't want to like be touching everyone's face and and whatever. Oh, and so I'm kind of just using that as an excuse to prolong this 
to see how far mm. I can go. But as soon as they start doing beard trims again, I'm gonna go and and get cleaned up. How how long is like long too? Because I've heard three inches is really long. Uh, size does matter. So um, <laughs> it's <laughs> I would say maybe from my chin to the longest part of my beard is probably like yeah, I'd say maybe three three and a half inches. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds pretty huge. It's yeah. hefty. It's hefty. Pretty hefty. Yeah. Full. Um, so <laughs> so thank you for joining us today, Jesse. Um, remember, you can always uh, get a hold of us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow. Email us at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. And you can find our show pretty much anywhere where podcasts are available. And remember to leave us nice reviews on iTunes so Chris will be forced against his will with a revolver to his head to play <sighs> Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Jesse, have you played Red Dead Redemption 2? I have. I, I have finished Red Dead Redemption 2. I've played oh, through shit. all of it. Me too. That's miraculous. I still haven't... I'm, I'm like at the last chapter. It took me a long time, but I did do it. Huh. It's long and laborious. Chris, God damn it! It's long and <laughs> worth it. Don't you know start, I mean? it's don't got... start with your shit already. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. So, we've got... Uh, well, there's some interesting stories uh, this week. Nothing too wild, but... We are going to talk uh, a little bit about this samurai game that came out, Ghost of Tsushima, um, as well as Paper Mario. So we'll, Paper Mario, the Origami King, which, by the way, did you guys think it was called Paper Mario and the Origami King? Yes. Because I, tot- I totally did. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue nicely. Paper Mario, the are they saying Paper Mario is the Origami King? Because so far that doesn't seem to be the case. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know very strange uh and then we'll talk a little bit uh about some other games jesse you've been playing deadly premonition too which i'm very curious to hear your thoughts on that game has uh, been getting some reviews it's a game <laughs> oh it's something that game has been getting reviews that's all i'll say <laughs> oh and josh you're playing fortnite you know what i played fortnite this week for work a little bit hmm. that's a very good video game I yeah like i really like fortnite i was at the resident evil 2 midnight release uh five years ago at my GameStop, and they were telling me <laughs> that's what it feels like <laughs> and they were telling me that everybody was talking about something that happened to fortnite and this guy just looked around and went i'd rather eat buckshot than play fortnite and, and everybody just got really quiet and this kid went well i kind of wish you would <laughs> and it was just oh. like well it's 11 55 we still have five minutes here Ooh, that's good. Uh, god um, so we've got some stuff to talk about. We'll talk about uh, the new Ninjala game that came out. This is a free-to-play sort of PvP game on Nintendo Switch, so we'll get into that. No Man's Sky had this new update called Desolation, and it basically turns it into Dead Space, which Looks is like, so cool. That is just like that's like the game that just keeps on giving. Yeah, I'm I have so some questions about, about that. that. Uh, well, I, I haven't a- actually had a chance to try it out yet, but uh, I, I mean, I definitely want to maybe check check into it this weekend um we got the npd results for june so not really a whole lot of surprises there but we'll touch on that i guess the bigger stories of this week um are the dr disrespect interview with pc gamer which was just a lot uh i'm like i'm not somebody who's really familiar with streaming but even i was like kind of interested in that so we'll touch on that and then the two big xbox stories so discontinuing the xbox one x and xbox one s uh, ahead of the Series X launch, and then the xCloud story out. We actually have two other quick Xbox things that I'll mention at the end of the news, because I think they're worth mentioning too, but not full stories. Sure. And I'll be talking about Rocket Arena as well. It's a new competitive 3v3 
uh, team shooter that's heavily focused on rockets, which is really cool. Chris, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about that game, but I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna be mean like you are about Red Dead Redemption. I was 2. hoping you'd say that too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart the way you treat that game, Chris. <laughs> Maybe one day, but you guys gotta gotta do it. You gotta give yeah, us the reviews. Give it, give us the reviews. All right. So let's just do some quick notes here, and then we'll jump into the news. Everybody ready? I'm not wearing pants right now. Just thought I'd let everybody know. Good, good. I did. I did get these new slippies, and let me tell you, man, these slippies. I had the, my slippies broke. You ever have a slippy break on you? It's no good. Like slippy no toad. <laughs> no slippers, like house slippers. Uh, I don't wear shoes anymore. I quit wearing. Shoes. You call them slippies? Sure. Why not? You. Oh, hey, that must be a weird East Coast thing then. No. I hey, don't drag me that. into this. Okay. <laughs> oh jesse that's right you live in new york don't you i do god i am an east coaster I, for life i love i love new york so much yeah my I, sister-in-law lives there and she tells me the best stories about what people do in the subway and I it's love insane it. i take this up well used to take the subway every day and um oh boy that's a whole oh separate boy. podcast bunch of street performers and stuff it's pretty cool I, I mean, from what I've seen. She said one probably. time this guy was wearing a shirt that said Dragon Tamer, and this person just started screaming, you probably <laughs> don't even know what to feed dragons, and they were fighting about it. And I was just uh, like, I want to move there. The cost of living is worth the stories. You could write a book easily. You just spend like two weeks in the city, you could write a book. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Uh, uh, has, has anybody here played Ninjala? I have it downloaded. Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay, that's cool. Uh, any quick, just quick thoughts on it real fast jesse um so i played maybe about like five matches when it like first came out uh it's very clear <laughs> that it is a free-to-play game like up front like you, you get right, in yeah. there it's it's the battle pass and it's you know selling skins and oh, and whatever yeah. and and like you know that that stuff's not really super in your face it's just tucked away in another menu but what i thought was super weird about ninjala is that it's free to play for multiplayer but if you want to play the story, you have to purchase it separately. It's, that's interesting. I actually bought the story mode, the, the chapter one. So did I. Hmm. And, and, yeah. and I played through it, and I thought that was pretty all right. Yeah, it's hmm. not It's not the best thing, but it's, it's, it's good for the price, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Um, How weird. much is that? How much is the, so- the single player? It's like five bucks. Yeah, it was for, for the first episode or whatever, it seems like they're going to put out multiple chunks of that thing. But the first one was like five bucks. And each episode's going to have different characters as the main protagonist. So. Could so, be an interesting way to do lore too, though, like for the multiplayer. Yeah. Mm. And it's it's getting a big audience because um, it has three million downloads, which is yeah. nuts. Yeah, that, that is that is pretty good. And you have to consider the, the large install base of the Switch, though. It's like something like 40 million or something like that. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I might I might check it out. I'm just so swamped right now with games, but I would say yeah, it is it is worth checking out considering the free price tag. It's worth hopping pri- in for I'm, a couple I'm couple down, matches. I'm down for free. Yeah, down for free. Um, so let's move on here. Uh, so this was interesting. Uh, Tom Holland from the Uncharted movie, <laughs> or well, Spider Man and all the you know Marvel avid um, Marvel leaker. Avid Marvel leaker. <laughs> he uh, posted this in- Instagram picture saying that he had that that. 
uh, basically that the Uncharted movie had begun shooting, but then they had to walk that back and say that that actually wasn't true. So I don't know what happened there. If he just like <laughs> got confused, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the Uncharted movie has not started shooting yet, but it will begin shooting soon. Um, just a quick update there. I don't, I'm honestly surprised it's even gotten to this point because that movie's been in development hell for years. Seven or eight directors on it. I didn't even <laughs> know the insane. game. Uh, the movie currently had a director. I thought yeah. I thought the the last director that left they hadn't replaced them yet. My favorite thing about how long it's been in like pre pre production hell is Mark Wahlberg originally was going to be Nathan Drake and then now he's going to be Sully. <laughs> yeah, they were like, That's ah, funny. you've aged a little bit because we've been uh we've been taking a while, so you're now promoted to Uncharted Grandpa. God, um, and then Chris, do you want to take this just next quick quick story here about uh the modder with the Mario sixty four? Yeah, so so um this guy, this prolific guy. Called, uh, what's his name again? Let's see. Super Louis, uh, Super Louis 64. He, uh, hacked, um, with the Xbox Connect for the PC, uh, and then just got a mini trampoline, and he, then he started jumping in, um, a mod for Super Mario 64. So he's actually able to play the game properly with like a Joy-Con in his left hand or right hand and uh, <laughs> for movement and then like he jumps with just with an all jump and then before punching he does it's that that's the B button um, huh. it's, and then he turns around um, for movement <laughs> in some points like Bowser's uh, like the Bowser boss where he's like, he's like spinning him around he spins around while he's doing that. So it's it's really funny. <laughs> so That's you should awesome. check out the video. Yeah. I, I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't like officially done that yet because it just seems like it would go hand in. I mean, not obviously with Connect, but some sort of like j- like jumping device, like a like a trampoline, so you can be like Mario. Be kind of funny. <laughs> um, all right, couple quick uh, upcoming releases, and then we'll get into the news proper here. Yeah, this no- so this No Man's Sky Desolation update. I haven't played it, like I said, but holy crap, it looks like Dead Space. Like, it straight up looks like Dead Space. And I was just thinking, like, I don't don't know if you guys remember when that game came out, but obviously a lot of people were pissed off about it. And then just, like, comparing it, comparing to what it is now, it's just awesome to see how far it's come. Um, They didn't even need to either. Like, that's my favorite part about it. They already made the money. They could have been like, bye. Yeah, and it's free. It's free. Like, every update's free yeah. so far. They've completely so. turned that game around, and it's a testament to what can be done, given, you know, given the drive to want to fix it and the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we're not getting Dead Space anytime soon, so... <laughs> Do you remember... I want to... Well, a couple of weeks ago is irrelevant, because time is a flat circle, but... Uh, do you remember, like, Dead Space was teasing something on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Do we I think, think I, that maybe this could secretly that... be a dead space? Like backdoor pilot test thing? That or even just like a collaboration that has not been announced yet? I don't I'm know. I'm just putting man. on my tinfoil hat. That's all this is. But I mean, I want to believe because so do I. <laughs> uh, Dead Space being remade and then a Dead Space 4 would just be the coolest thing ever. God, I mean, I, I would love Dead Space 4, but I would even take like a trilogy remaster. Like on, on Switch or whatever, PS4. Yeah. Even if it's just it. a remaster of the first game, I'd be happy. Like, that would at least be something. They're not even on modern if... consoles right now, right? Like, you can't 
Can you play uh, Dead Space Xbox on anything? One, it's backwards compatible. No, you can't. But it's I but it's not only... it's not like it wasn't brought forward. It's just backwards right. compatible. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it might the third one might be on PlayStation now, but it's the PS3 version. So yeah. Oh bummer. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Which is weird because the... like they could port those. They they could do like a lazy little like you know it's it's um it's you know like it runs at a higher frame rate. I mean they could do a really lazy like remaster quote unquote and put that in Switch, PS4, Xbox One. It would make I mean it would guaranteed make money. Yeah, that would be an awesome exclusive for PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah, it would be massive. That's yeah. yeah, I wonder why EA doesn't sell it. Like, if they don't want to do anything with it, they could sell that. I mean, somebody would buy that. For a company that loves money as much as EA, you would you would think. I don't know. You would think that we would see that by now. Same with Mass Effect too. Like, I'm surprised they haven't ported those to Switch. Yeah. They're heavily rumored, though. Yeah, uh, from what I understand is we might see those sooner rather than later. Yeah, like this fall. Yeah. That's what I heard, yeah. Um, Speaking of money and things that are expensive, uh, uh, did you guys see this Lego NES? Mm, This thing is awesome, man. Oh, man, there's a... You guys can check out the... We've got a a link in the show notes here, but, man, this thing is freaking cool. So it's a replica of the NES. Obviously, it doesn't play games, but there's a replica of the system and then a cartridge, and then a little TV, a CRT TV. And, man, it looks so cool, but it is... 200 bucks. $229. Oh, oh, damn. Shit! Yeah, $229. That's... I saw $250. There was was weirdness going on with the price. It said $250, then $229, and then I saw $200. Somewhere between $200 and $250. I feel so bad for the kids who are buying the Legos. I feel so bad for the parents of the kids who want the Super Mario Lego sets. I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) And it's got... It's 2,646 pieces, so... You guys can have fun with that. Legos are very expensive, I've learned in my adult life, as somebody who now purchases Legos for themselves. <laughs> I didn't ever no realize how expensive they were. But like you, you sound you sounded a little embarrassed. Oh there, no, no, no not shame. at all. Just I, I more I felt bad for my parents because I'd always ask them for Lego sets when I was a kid, and I was like, Yeah, like in my head I was like, Oh, this is you know five dollars or whatever. And then like <laughs> I look at Lego prices now and I'm like or even if they were half of what they are now, that's still like pretty expensive for essentially oh, yeah. plastic that just bolts together itself. Yeah, strange. So I don't know when that's coming. I don't think there's a release date for that yet. But you guys can. Look are you? Is that anybody out. gonna? I, I'm not gonna get it because uh, I can't I justify can't, the price. Yeah, but I can't justify that price. No. Either. If oh, it was oh, like August first, I'd probably buy it. Oh, August first. August first. Yeah, right. I'm looking at the website right now. Are you gonna get one, Jesse? Um. So here's the thing. I'll tell myself that I won't get it, and then suddenly I will own it, and I will, <laughs> and you'll have, I will black out you'll have... in between the time of saying I won't get it and it showing up at my apartment. And so chances are and I will be... probably end up with this thing. And you'll be in the hole $250 somehow. So yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll add up. Oh, how did this happen? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, um, that's pretty much it for the quick stuff, and then... Yeah, we can jump into the news proper here. Is everybody ready for some news? Let's do it. I am ready. All right, and this is for me. This is a me story. I know you guys, this bores you to tears. <laughs> this bores you to tears, but you know, every every month we got to cover this. All right, so NPD results are out for the month of June, courtesy of Matt Piscatella. 
uh, and the NPD group. Uh, let's just run through the top 10 here, and then we'll talk about any standouts. Uh, no surprise, Last of Us Part 2 is number one. Uh, Modern Warfare, number two. Animal Crossing New Horizons at three. Grand Theft Auto 5, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, Ring Fit Adventure. Now, I want to talk about that shortly. Ring Fit Adventure at number 7, NBA 2K20, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Minecraft Dungeons. So, yeah, uh, pretty much everything, no surprise, except for Ring Fit. Now, let me give you some backstory on Ring Fit. Just for some context, last week, or last month, it was charting at the 835th spot and is, is now at number 7. So what happened here is they, this game came out last year in the fall sometime of 2019 and it sold out and then they never like restocked basically until now, until June, they finally restocked and it saw a resurgence in people buying it. So now it climbed up, you know, 800 and something spots up to number seven, uh, surpassing Mario Kart 8 and Minecraft Dungeons and all that. So that game's awesome if you haven't played it. I recommend it and get your hands on a copy. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on the NPD results for the month of June? Yeah, uh, Persona 4 Golden actually made the top 20 as well, you know, when it released on PC yeah, for Steam. great point. So that's huge too uh, for the Persona series, and hopefully that will encourage Atlas to bring their games over to Switch and PS4. That'd be nice. Interesting about that, uh, the uh, previous month it was at 615, so quite a big jump for that one as well. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, any thoughts on uh, NPD? So, I was always fascinated by the fact that Grand Theft Auto V would always break into the, the top 10, top 5, like month after month after month. And <laughs> yeah. so, I did some digging, and I realized, and, and you, you you might know this already, but the reason Grand Theft Auto V ends up in the top of the NPDs every month is because it's cheaper to buy the game on sale <laughs> to get the shark oh, cards... To for the online currency than it is to purchase the online currency at face value. So, insane. so I'm pe- so glad you brought that up. I'm sorry, go ahead. Keep no, going. no, I'm just saying like like people will buy the the Grand Theft Auto Five whatever edition that comes with a million dollars in shark cards at a, at a $10 value or whatever as, as opposed to buying the million dollars on the store for 20 And that's why it keeps showing up all the time. So... Josh had actually proposed that a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, actually. And when he said that, I'm like, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So that's uh, that's really funny that you bring that up. Now, how does that work, though? If you already own the game, does it... I, I'm a, I guess it lets you buy it again? Well, like, so you're not buying a digital version of the game. You're buying something from, like, GameStop or Best oh, Buy or Amazon. Oh, oh, physical... You're buying a physical copy that has the cards inside the box. Oh, man, even even now, though, when, you know... I feel like it probably still let you physical... buy a digital copy, though, right? No, well, uh, no, no, well I'm just on saying... PlayStation, it doesn't let you, because oh, okay. unless you buy, a, like, a different version, so, like, you I could see. buy the digital deluxe version, <laughs> but you can only buy that version once, because when you go to click purchase, it'll just say download. Right, yeah, I had a brain And then they can take it headache. in and just trade it in for, like, 20 bucks and kind of... That's what people oh, are doing, yeah. yeah. That's, it's fascinating. It. Wow. It's so crazy. I love it. It makes perfect because, like, yeah, you're right. Every every month, it's like in the top five, and it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> wow, Joseph, huh. something that uh, Jeff Grubb said today, I'm kind of funny that I thought I thought of you immediately. He said, if a new game comes out and doesn't outsell GTA Five, then he considers it a failure. He's like, because no matter what the game is, if it's a new game, it should surely be able to, you know, like it should it should crack <laughs> into that. 
So if huh. GTA Five outsells a new game, then he's the game's a failure. I thought that was neat. Well, I guess people have different metrics. And uh, so, just real quick, uh, Ring Fit also the fact that everyone's stuck at home is probably uh, yeah. another indication of like why that thing is surging. It's and everybody's like, gonna get ripped. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Do your workouts, your squats. My I'm gonna buy that soon that because of everything Joseph said about it. Like, it's I didn't great. know oh, it's if fantastic. it would work good, and then you guys have said it works. So, you know, and it looked—it it already looked fun to me. It, yeah, they figured out the the video gamifying workout. They figured it's, it out. It's like really heavy on the video game side. It's not just like you know, uh, uh, workout slapped with a video right. game on top of it. Like it's the like Wii it Fit or like whatever. A, right. Yeah, yeah. That's my dream workout game, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. You got to get your hands on it. Um, so let's move on to a little bit less of a happy story here. Uh, so just let me give some context on this one and yeah, we'll, we'll cover a couple points here. Um, so big popular streamer, Dr. Disrespect got uh, banned from Twitch for seemingly no reason. Well, not for no reason, but they never really publicly said why. And Steven Messner over at PC Gamer actually was able to interview him. Um, and the publicist was there as well. Uh, and it just was fascinating. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read this. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. And uh, I mean, definitely give PC Gamer the click on this one. But um, there are a couple points I wanted to go through. So throughout this interview, um, Dr. Disrespector, I guess his name is, what is it? Guy? Guy Beam. Beam? Beam? Something like that. Um, he was pretty heavily regulated by his uh, publicist there. Like there was a lot he couldn't couldn't say. Um, but uh, a couple points here. The first thing is that they still, they, they don't know why he got banned. So there's that. Um, second thing is that uh, he, he is not, he will not be returning to Twitch. So that's the other point. And that he's sort of like contemplating what he's going to do next. If he's going to go to a different platform or do his own thing, you know, on his own platform, something like that. And, Based on the way Twitch handled it, they said that they were considering taking legal action, which is interesting to me. Uh, now, there are some theories as to, like, maybe why he might have been banned. A lot of it had to do with, like, coronavirus uh, conspiracies that he was talking about. I don't know. Like like 5G and shit. Yeah, he's crazy right. with that stuff. It's weird because it's weird because he's, like, a character. That, I don't know. It's complicated but anyway i don't know if you guys got a chance to see this um jesse did you do you have any thoughts on this do you have any like do, do, you, do you know yeah so um i so my, my my group of friends from home that are not super involved in the gaming industry they follow streamers so they 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 came to me a lot asking a lot about this doctor disrespect stuff because you know somebody they watched on occasion or, or or whatever and so it's been kind of like a hot topic amongst my like home group of friends and so right. My kind of thoughts on this are that I think the reason this is not getting spoken about in a open way, a lot of like the way you see other cases come out and like you kind of know all the information is that I would imagine that he is tied up in some sort of like litigation. And so legally, no one can really speak about what is going on. Uh, that is like my current theory. Um, however, he says that Twitch has not notified him about why he was banned. Yeah, exactly. And I'm confused about that because I feel like if you sign a big multi-million dollar contract with a corporation and they terminate you... Um, oh, I'm getting a Discord call. Sorry about that. Um, 
a if you're in a, a big contract with the, with a giant streamer, I feel like you can't just terminate them without telling them what happened. I feel yeah. like that opens you up to being sued for like breach of contract. I, right. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't I don't want to you know take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I, I don't know. The whole situation seems very weird to me. Yeah, somebody's so, somebody's either like lying or being sort of I don't know like sneaky. I don't know. It, it's just yeah, I'm with you on that. It, um, yeah, Chris, any thoughts on this? Yeah, a few thoughts. Um, like during his last stream in the last few minutes. He seemed to like look at the screen mm-hmm. and he was shocked by something. He seemed like distressed. So I don't know what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 it's fascinating what's going on right now, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very odd. I, I think it's something to do with like, uh, streaming or like being, it being exclusive to Twitch and him search, like maybe making his own network. That's that's a theory I've been hearing, and that kind of makes sense. Hmm. But also, in on Twitch's side, I've heard um, I watched a YouTube um, channel called Hogue Law. I don't know if you heard of them. Oh yes, Hogue um, is a friend. Oh, cool. <laughs> Hogue is a friend. Uh, but he mentions that Twitch might be canceling the contract so they don't pay him. Jesus, is that yeah. is that so? Is that even legal and they tried to find any no no the reason why it's legal um hoag said is that um they were looking for anything in his uh streams for a breach of contract mm, like a loophole or something yeah like so, something he did like for example sh- shooting his camera inside of a toilet at e3 yeah it's just goddamn idiotic you know yeah something like that just try to find an excuse in something he said or has done over the last few years. Interesting. Josh, uh, any thoughts on the Dr. Disrespect? Yeah, so along the same lines uh, (laughs) as Chris, except for, like, uh, I think the reason for that isn't so much money. Uh, Not that Chris was saying that, but I think that the reason they're doing this is um, Twitch is owned by Amazon. They don't really need money because they own money um, (laughs) pretty much exclusively. It's true. So um, I think the reason that they're doing this is because um, at, at his best... He was fairly consistently uh, toxic and uh, generally kind of a liability um, with the way he kind of acted and stuff. And I think Twitch is trying to work on cleaning that up because that's been a big complaint against Twitch for a long time. So I think what happened is they gave him leeway all the time because of money. And then eventually it wasn't worth the money. It wasn't it wasn't worth the negative press that could come with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think they basically, like Chris said, I think they went back and they were like, we we could have gotten rid of you for these reasons and we're doing that now, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I think we'll find out soon enough. Um, it's just weird that, you know, we haven't heard anything yet. I, I, I really think you're right, Jesse, that they're staying silent because there's a court mm-hmm. proceeding yeah, going on. Yeah. Otherwise, because why, why, why wouldn't he would have come out people... and just said something? Yeah. He's yeah. that type of yeah. person. Interesting. Very yeah. Or or we'll Twitch would Twitch would be like, no, it's like pretty cut and dry. It's this. Bye. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll find out soon enough on that. I hope. I hope. Good riddance, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. People so give. A uh, more... I just want to say really quick. People give Ninja stuff. I know that like they gave him crap for stuff. I know that he's definitely not perfect, but he at least appears to try to be, you know, like 
wholesome. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't seem to be so oh, aggressive. He said the end word a few times. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, never mind. He's gone too. <laughs> I don't really watch streamers, so it's hard for me to keep up. Josh, <laughs> I love it. We'll it's true. It's, it's the idea that these people are role models and they don't necessarily act yeah. like role models. Yeah. I, I just it, what concerns me is that all these popular people and streamers are complete jerkbags. Like, yeah. It, it, what does that say about? Our community, you know what I mean? Like, it makes that's our community look like bad. Man. It doesn't even our really community. fully represent us because there's a lot of you know really good people in the game industry. Yeah, but when when the face of it is is you know toxic or I mean you know even if it's not like like illegal, like if they're just an asshole, then it just makes us look bad. I, yeah. I mean, I mean the face or or one of the faces of Twitch is a man named Doctor Disrespect. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> like. Somebody, the best somebody tweeted that we need to get Dr. Respect. I forgot who. Oh, it was Victor Lucas. Yeah, he was saying that we need to, uh, maybe we should get Dr. Respect as a big streamer. He's right. not even yeah, a he's... doctor. <laughs> he's not even... Show me his medical Where? license. That's yeah. why they fired him. Twitch was like, well, hey, we did some research and you're not even a doctor. <laughs> That's Mr. why they're getting also hate see... I also hate seeing his bloody fake mustache and hair. Like, get out of it. As someone with a moderately fine mustache and moderately fine hair i'm insulted by his dumb mustache but i said fake yes hey, yeah, joseph hey, you don't look like don't a 1980s like villain in a tom cruise movie you know god all right let's talk about some xbox josh i'm sure you'll be excited about this okay so uh maybe a little bit of a not as happy story but then big super happy story okay so Let's start off with uh, Microsoft is discontinuing production of Xbox One X, One S digital editions uh, ahead of the Xbox Series X launch. Um, I guess that makes sense to me. That seem- it seems a little early, but there must be a lot already out in the wild. Like they must know that already and the numbers must have, you know, added up, I guess. And I guess nobody's really like buying an Xbox One right now. So... Ugh, I guess it's fine. Any does anybody have any sort of ideas as to if this is early? Oh late? no, I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, Greg Miller was talking about it kind of funny today, and he was saying that, and I agree with him. That's why I'm just saying what he said. He was saying like, if you wanted an Xbox by now, you you probably already bought one. Like same yeah. with, same with PlayStation Four. Like if you wanted one really bad, you already have one, and this makes it so that they can focus on making you know the new xbox in safer conditions and make sure that they can you know ship you know the right the number they want to and then on top of that um i mean the series x they've already i mean they've said this numerous times everything that plays in the xbox one and then some's going to play on the series x so like you don't even need an xbox one anymore if you don't want one and if you really wanted one you'd already have one so i think i think it makes i think it's smart and it also makes things less confusing for parents too they could just go buy xbox the, yeah. the naming convention like uh, god when i worked at gamestop i just would hear parents talking about video games and it's just like holy my man. favorite was when they wanted to buy the wii u tablet not the system they already have the wii right yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> holy crap um <sighs> jesse, jesse what do you think of this you think this is a little early you think it makes sense you, you're excited uh, so I'm, I'm with josh on a lot of this uh it it, it makes sense the, the one thing that I, I was kind of surprised about is that, you know, we always knew that at some point they would stop discontinuing the con- the older generation, right? Like, that's just the natural progression of things. Sure. I always kind of thought they would discontinue the base models and then make the 1X the base model with a price cut. 
because uh, the leap is less between. I mean, it's still big between the One X and the Series X. But I always just kind of assumed that like that would get a price cut and move down, and then they would kind of like shift over. And so to see the X go, I thought was a little a little strange, but. Uh, clearly, you know, people much smarter than I are making decisions there, and yeah. they have mapped all of this out and figured it out. And so, yeah, like Josh said, like if you have an Xbox, if you wanted an Xbox, you probably already got one. So they're keeping they're keeping the Xbox One S regular, but they are getting rid of the X and the S all digital. I believe, yeah. uh, I, you know, I really like the Xbox One S all digital just because it was the Xbox Sad, and I think that's really <laughs> funny. But <laughs> yeah, other than that, yeah, yeah just. You know, it makes sense. I, I can't believe nobody caught that, like, in the meeting where they were, like, I don't know how that... They should have just called PlayStation and been like, hey, we're thinking about calling this, this, what would you guys say? And they'd be like, haha, that's a dumb name, it's sad. And they'd be like, oh, shit, they got us. Okay, all right, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a really funny conference call. Uh, Chris, any anything to say on this one? No, it's not really a whole lot. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was weird, honestly. Um, just because, like people like to budget <laughs> with their gamings, you know, like pe- some people don't transfer to the next generation for like years and years. Yeah. And so, I don't know, there's some uh, markets there that could really buy the Xbox One, you know, and be happy with it. Well, um, you guys... Especially with all the Series X games being backwards compatible. <laughs> compatible. But here's another thing. They have that um, extra console that's being rumored. I can't remember what it's Lockheart. called now. Oh, Lockhart. Bl- yeah. Lockhart, yeah. And that's supposed to be a cheaper option uh, of the Xbox Series X, like with streaming capabilities. So that could be their plan for budget gamers. Hmm. Would you guys also believe me if I told you if you went to any store right now, you would find an Xbox One that hasn't been purchased yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah. like, they also probably know this thing sold like dick. So, you know, if you want to go buy some, like, there's, you know, my Walmart's it's, always had Xboxes. It's sad, really, isn't it? Oh. That's a, that's a yell? Yeah, they're upset they about right? Xbox. That, that was a sneeze. Oh, that was a sneeze. That was a sneeze. <laughs> oh, I was so confused about what just happened. Uh, <laughs> my dad is very, very loud. That is a dad sneeze. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that is yeah, yeah. totally... Literally the worst place in the world to record a podcast. That's a dad rule, though. Like, you have to sneeze like, like you're dying. Like, you have to. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, God. All right. Um, Josh, I know you're excited about this. Um, Microsoft will be launching xCloud streaming free with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate in September. So this is essentially... Uh, kind of like stadia in a way where you're going to be able to stream your xbox games onto other devices like a phone computer whatever um and i'm I'm, i think this is so smart and i think a lot of people sort of expected this uh josh give me the rundown on this give me your thoughts uh i'm sure you're very excited yeah so i'm not probably personally going to use uh, xcloud a lot just because i i tend to um, I, I stay home a lot, like even before, you know, COVID-19. Um, and if, if I am away, it's it's somewhere where I probably can't play a game anyway. It's the same reason I don't usually play my Switch in handheld mode. You know, it just, it doesn't work out. But I, I'm really excited about this new technology and this being a thing. And yeah. I think it's really smart that they're wrapping it into Game Pass Ultimate because that means for $15 a month for the standard price, you're getting the Game Pass library, you're getting your games of gold, you're getting, you know, the online features and stuff. And then on top of that, you could also play, I'm just going to say your library. 
because your library at that point is everything you own and also Game Pass. At that point, you can play your library anywhere you're at. And I think that's, you know, that's really cool. I like that they're blurring the line between consoles. I know some people don't like that. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great thing to blur because at the end of the day, you just want to play your game. Like, you know, it doesn't really... You, you care about the bells and whistles, but, I mean, ultimately you care what it, what it does for your game. And that's what yeah. you mostly care about. It's kind of <laughs> like people say they really care about their insurance and things like that. No, you just want to go to the doctor. You, know, you don't want it to cost a lot. Like, you don't really care about those nitty-gritty details. If you can play your game and it looks and sounds great on your fucking phone or your computer, your Xbox One through the cloud, you know, like, through through xCloud, and, you know, they, like then you're not going to care. So I think that's really cool. And I also think it's going to potentially make things really good for PlayStation Now because Sony is going to have to make adjustments for PlayStation Now because at this point you're looking at, what is that, $10 a month for now, I think? Um, it's more than that. No, I, more thought than it was, that. I, I thought it was $60. It no, it's $60 for the year. Okay. So, what, I, so I mean, PlayStation Now in itself, I mean, on its own, it's not it's not a bad thing, but like... This this is a really great value at this point. Uh, you know, fifteen dollars a month for all that's this crazy. stuff, and that's wrapping I, that Game Pass Ultimate includes gold too. So this would be like combining PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. You know, I I guess I didn't realize it was that inexpensive for fifteen bucks a month. Yeah. Man, that's that's awesome, Chris. And you you know the big thing is that like Halo Infinite will be playable on day one with Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. And then you can stream it on your PC. So that will uh, give so much access to a lot of markets that Microsoft hasn't t- tapped before, really. Mm. So I-, I think that would be a big thing if they, if they market it right. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, Jesse, uh, are you somebody who's interested in actually using the xCloud features? I, I'm curious to try it out. I don't know how much of it I will end up using because uh, like like Josh had said it, I'm not a big on the go gamer I generally do most of my gaming at home and so I don't see this being like a selling point for me but also just like Game Pass is such a good value like and now it just got even better like right like if you already have ultimate it's not like you're out like right you're not you're not yeah, any worse off true. now right so right it's it, 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 more value has been added and like microsoft is showing time and time again it's 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 becoming it, it's it's doubling down on its services and i think this is just you know all around a great thing for people who play video games i do have this sort of fantasy that like you know once we're all back to normal and traveling again and whatever that you're like waiting on your plane or you're waiting whatever and you're like hmm I think I'm going to play some Halo Infinite and you just whip out your phone and it works. That's yeah. like a fantasy of mine. You know, I don't know that it actually will work that great on like shitty, you know, airport Wi-Fi, but I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. And uh, another thing to keep in mind is that there are way more mobile players than console players at this point. Yeah. So hmm. that that's that's like a power play. Yeah. In yeah. terms of like one of the things that Microsoft Phil Spencer is said doing. is it, uh, not not just now, but like, you know, in the past is that xCloud potentially turns anything that connects the internet to an Xbox. And then he was saying, that's pretty cool. He was saying, some people might think, oh, you're not selling an Xbox. He's like, but you're playing our games, you're in our ecosystem, you're using our services. That's what, I mean, that matters just as much, if not more. Um, Also, too, a quick shout out, uh, Blessing, over on Kind of Funny. He was talking about, where does this leave Stadia? Like, he was just pointing out, like... Stadia is dead. But I mean, like, this, this, like, seals it for them. Like, (laughs) 
Stadia can't try to give a value this good because they don't own a bunch of games already. You know, like this, this just kind of puts the nail in that. Even if you're not an Xbox person, this puts the nail in Stadia's coffin. And this also makes it so Sony's going to probably improve, uh, you know, PS Now and PS Plus. This is a super good thing for the industry, too. Yeah. I just thought of a nightmare scenario. What's that? Tell. Google buying WB Games. Oh, no. Chris, don't say that. Now that's out there. Oh, now you're no. gonna have to buy Stadia to play like Mortal Kombat and Batman. God. Nothing says Mortal Kombat more like playing over an internet connection. <laughs> like it just no, no. Ah, uh, Samurai Showdown. Like just look at videos of Stadia running. It's fucking awful. That's how 2020 is going though. So you know, yeah. Very fitting. It's very fitting. Gago, um, don't. God. Don't do it. So that about wraps us up for the news. Oh, I wanted but... to mention the two other Xbox oh. things. Yeah. Sorry, oh, okay. I forgot. Um, these okay. are quick, though. They're just, I think they're worth mentioning. So the first thing is, um, Kind of Funny's uh, Xbox show is going into a pilot. Uh, pilot, it's going to be six episodes to start. And Greg was saying it's basically to see if there's an audience for it. He's like, I'm sure there is, but they want to check and see. And it's not just like, is there an Xbox uh, is there is there a desire for an Xbox kind of funny podcast? Because he's like, obviously there is. He's like, we've heard people say there is. But it's also, you know, COVID-19 is going on and, you know, things like that. And it's <sighs> maybe harder to get sponsors, et cetera. But um, so this this get, this helps them get numbers to, you know, show to sponsors, basically, if they do six episodes. And then the other thing uh, I wanted to mention on that is it starts uh, this Saturday. So it, by the time this episode goes live, it's already, um, you know, it's already aired the first episode. But January uh, 18th is the first episode, and they're also so, doing you mean a sh- July, July. 18th. Yeah, shit. Yeah, sorry. Uh, time's time. circle. <laughs> um, yeah, so July 18th, and then they're also doing a show for the Xbox conference as well. But other than that, it's going to be every Saturday for the next six Saturdays. And here's look. It just keeps getting better. So the three hosts for this new show, which is called Xcast, is Snowbike Mike, Alana Pierce, and Gary Witta. And I'm so fucking excited because that's going to be a really fucking cool. That's a you good know, lineup. Yeah, it's a very good lineup. Uh, and Greg was talking about how it's, when they were first starting to talk about this, they wanted to get certain people for it that they thought would be able to to do it right. Because Greg was saying, ideally, like you know, he would he wouldn't mind doing an Xbox podcast, but he knows he's not the one to do it. Um, so he wants it to happen at kind of funny, but you know, in the best way and conditions. And he said when they got to Alana Pierce as one of the people they wanted, they were like, ah, oh, she probably won't. But then he thought, oh, why not check? And then she immediately said, yeah. So. I'm super yeah. excited. I love Snowback Mike. Alana's awesome. Gary's awesome. And then... Um, oh, and go Rogue One, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also the last bit of news I wanted to... Uh, so everybody, please, please, if, if you're thinking you're interested in that, like, don't check it out later. Check it out now. Even if you are busy, like, because if you want it now, you need to show you want it now because this they're going to be using this, you know, the numbers to, to, to justify having it and everything. And then the last thing I want to mention is the Xbox, uh, you know, showcase event is on um, yeah, July right. 23rd. And yeah, um, yep. expectations have been uh, set. In, but like when Aaron Greenberg was trying to manage expectations, I think it was kind of a cool announcement because he said they're not talking studio acquisitions. They're not talking hardware. They're not talking anything like that, which I know some people want that. But they're talking about games and only games. And I think that's that's what I want right now. I want that to be announced. You know, that's the kind of thing I'm mostly excited about and want to hear uh, first. And then also there's going to be an hour pre-show uh, hosted by Jeff Keighley. And those are also that's also going to have announcements, too. So, yeah, everybody check that out because that's going to be cool. 
And let's see, that is, okay, so this episode will go live Monday the 20th. 20th. So that's Thursday. Yep. So, yeah, man, that's soon. Huh, okay. That's going to be a busy day for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, and uh, Greg's also playing and streaming Halo for the first time. If, if anyone's interested in that, I just want to mention that. To celebrate X-Cast, he's going to be uh, streaming uh, Halo Combat Evolve, and it's his first time ever playing it. So, Cool. Um, all right, so let's take a little break, and then we'll come back, do a listener question, and then we'll jump into what we've been playing. So we'll be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to just do a listener question. We have one to get through here. And remember, you guys can reach us uh, via Twitter at ActiveQuest. What is it? I always fuck this up, Chris. God damn it. Every time. Active Quest show. I was doing... I had... A, no, you're, you had an awesome it. streak. I had like a 20-show streak, and then I yeah. fucked it. God damn it. We're leaving it. We're not cutting it. Who gives a shit? Act, <laughs> uh, get hold fuck of, it. We'll do it live. Yeah, get, we'll do it live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can get a hold of us uh, on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. Or every Wednesday we post our Twitter thread where we solicit questions from the audience. And it can be questions, comments, what kind of water we drink, what kind of how many strings we like on our guitars. The correct answer is as many as you can have. Eight, yeah. nine, ten. Man, I saw this video of this guy. It was like stupid like 20 strings on a who the fuck like you couldn't even hold it i don't even know what that is anyway um so we have a listener question all right so this is fucking bizarre all right so (laughs) the person's that okay jesus on twitter the person's name is number one turner and hooch fan and this is a movie (laughs) i think it's got tom hank here let me pull up it's a good movie i mean it's a pretty good movie it's like a buddy cop comedy with tom hanks oh it's on disney plus oh and the dog and there's a dog okay yeah I was thinking of Starsky and Hutch. No, <laughs> this is Tom Hanks and his pitbull dog. Okay, so so this is actually one of my friends, and he lives nearby. Uh, we oh went to high God. school together. It, uh, but he, God, he asked. Okay, so on the on the thread we put there's this is what we're going to talk about. Blah 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 and more. And he says, will the and more section cover the 1989 box office hit film Turner and Hooch? <laughs> if so, my question is, why the heck haven't they made a sequel called Turner and Tooch? Tooch. Oh, God. It's a valid question. Uh, <laughs> I'm crying. By the way, it has a 36% Metacritic and 52% <laughs> hey, of Rock's hey, we've been talking as an industry lately that Ghost of Tsushima should be... Uh, Played even if you don't agree with Metacritic. So, Chris, go watch this movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. Look, let's get into <laughs> logistics here, okay? This had a budget of $13 million, and it grossed $71.1 million. So that is wow. a box office hit. <laughs> wow, he's right. I thought he was being funny. Yeah, that's that's true. Huh, 1989, that's the same year that Batman came out, the Tim Burton Batman movie. Well, that <laughs> movie luckily it, films. it still made money because Turner and Hooch also came out that year. Chris, just to give you an idea, check out the. I just put the box art in the chat. That dog is great, and I love that dog. Mm-hmm. When he first gets this dog, he leaves for a few hours, then he comes back, and this dog has ruined his apartment, drooled all over his <laughs> furniture, ripped up his vinyl records. You know, God, it's, that is a that is a young Tom Hanks. I have yeah, I have some information for y'all. Okay, um, okay, so I just looked up Turner and Hooch two to see what would come up, and Disney Plus is doing a TV series. You, you're okay. 
What? Oh, really? The classic 1989's buddy cop comedy feature featured Turner and Hooch is getting a TV series for Disney+. Plus. He probably, he probably already knew December that. December 16th, 2019 is when this article was written. Oh, my God. It's, it's happening. Your dream is coming true. Oh, When's it coming God. out? It's being... I will say this. Uh, it's the creator of Burn Notice, Matt Nix. Oh, my God. Well, there you That's, go. That sounds awesome. I wonder, maybe, I, maybe this time there'll be two dogs. Turner and Tooch. Hopefully it's one of Hooch's puppies. God, Tuner that fucking and kills Hooch. me. Turner and Tooch. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for the Tom Hanks classic sequel of, you know, you've got Zoom or you've got Discord. <laughs> you've got I want to got... see that film. You've got DMs. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> God, he, you know what's funny? I know we got to move on. We've spent too much time on this, but really quick, he this picture of Turner and Hooch, um, Tom Hanks, he looks a lot like Bill Murray. <laughs> the like, dog or the Tom Hanks? The, the dog. The dog. Oh, oh okay. I was like, Joseph, oh, come on, dog. man. Oh, God. Bill Murray is a national treasure. <laughs> the dog. Oh no. <laughs> oh God, I'm crying. I'm crying. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Jesus Christ. I don't know what that has to do with video games, but... Uh... He was a cat. Was he? Oh, he was a he cat. He was Garfield. He was so, a cat. <laughs> I guess to answer his question, that does cover that, because we just talked about it for five minutes. Yeah. Also, right. quick fun fact about the Garfield movie. The only reason Bill Murray was in that is because the director, uh, their last name's Cohen, <laughs> and so Bill Murray thought the Cohen brothers were making a Garfield movie, and he was like, fuck yeah, and he signed up immediately without reading the script because he didn't want anybody else to get the opportunity. Oh, God, Bill Murray. Wow. All right. All right, well, let's talk about some video games. Why don't we talk about what we've been playing? Um, so let me just quickly say a couple things, and then we'll get into the media stuff. I just wanted to say I'm still playing Rocksmith, and I can now play the intro to Raining Blood. Hell yeah. I'm very, pr- and I'm very yeah. proud of that. It's very metal of you. Um, it is. <laughs> um, and, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Slayer and Raining Blood, there's this restaurant in Chicago called Kuma's, or Kuma's, yeah, Kuma, Kuma's too, something like that, Kuma's, and they all their burgers are named after metal bands. And if you get the Slayer, I, dude, I got it, man. The Slayer is nuts. It's it's just fucking craziness. It's like six kinds of meats, peppers, onions, cheese. I want it. Holy shit! Like fries, all there's no bun. It, it's on a, it's on, and then it it's just spicy. And I want it. And it's got it's cooked with anger. I, I wish I knew this when I went to Chicago <laughs> two years ago. Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, I gotta go yeah, back next time you go. Yeah, Kuma's too. It's Kuma, K U M or K U M A apostrophe S and then T O O. Get Grayson on the phone. He's gotta go. Yeah, get Grayson. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, and then I platinum the witness. Which let me tell you about the wit. Well, God, we don't have enough. No, time I'm so excited. I love oh. the witness. Let oh, God. I'm so happy. Chris, now Chris, God damn it, I will not. I will not stand for it. No, it's Tom no. Ford. I will not stand. <clears throat> Um, Jesse, so you like The Witness? I you wanna... love The Witness. So that game broke me, dude. It like broke me down and it made me like reconsider what it is to be a human being. Like it's that fucking crazy. That sounds like fun. That's the no, beauty it, of well, it. it. I wouldn't call it fun. Would you call it fun, Jesse, The Witness? I had a good time. Did you finish it? I, di- I, I did. I certainly did. It is... As a journey, so I got the platinum in it, and let me let me 
uh, we can talk about you know the witness uh, sort of in depth on a later episode. But basically, it's a puzzle game. Uh, you've, heard, you've heard me talk about it before. You dr- basically you draw lines. That's essentially what it is. But the 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 beauty of it is in the rules it presents to you. And anyway, there's this challenge at the end of it, and you have it's like six and a half minutes to go through all these puzzles, and they're all randomized and uh they're really freaking difficult and you have to like take pictures with your phone and like flip the images on your phone while you're doing other things and certain puzzles will tell you what to do for other puzzles and it just breaks you down and by the time you finish it you're just like i am a completely different person did you get that jesse yeah so i i didn't do i didn't get the platinum in it because i didn't do the additional challenge at the end um however the one thing I absolutely love about The Witness is that it it teaches you a mechanic in an area, and then by the end of that area, you have mastered that mechanic. So it right. it is it is it is so good at teaching you something, and then completely flipping that idea on its head by the end that you can yeah. look at a puzzle a hundred different ways with this one mechanic, and I just think that it it it's crafted so so well right and it got to the point where i was like in real life like looking at the world around me and i was like oh shit there's a puzzle and there's a puzzle oh jesus christ like it was like infiltrating my mind it was crazy chris you have and josh you guys have to play this game i'm telling you the witness you need to play it you need to play it you need to play it. even for like 15 20 minutes as long as you can stand because like it's like taxing on your brain it's also beautiful <clears throat> Oh my I god, it's, it's absolutely good. Okay. I need to play it. it I, Here's I know another I challenge. What's that, Chris? Okay. What's the Everyone's challenge? listening. Okay. If you get us to 30 reviews, <laughs> I will play this game. Oh, holy shit. I'll write yes. 30 reviews right now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm done talking about the witness. All right. Um, let me throw it over to you, Josh. Um, talk to us about The Witcher 3 and Fortnite, what you've been playing recently. Uh, okay, so I started playing, I bought OK Normal a couple months ago on Steam. Uh, it's from 98DMake. You've probably seen his YouTube videos. They're really, like, he'll take, like, a modern game, make it look like, you know, like a older, like, PS1 game. Uh, it's really weird. It was just kind of like, uh, uh, it looks like, like, like PS1 graphics where things look scarier than they should look because, like, they're just, like, distorted and interesting in weird ways. I don't know. It's like a fever dream. But, like, mixed with, like, vaporwave music. It was really weird. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, what's, the, what's the gameplay, though? Uh, it's basically moving this character around these uh, weird areas that kind of loop. And then you have to collect these things in the area to unlock a portal. And then eventually this giant skull was chasing me and its eyes were scary. <laughs> and then the now I'm stuck in the... What are you saying? What are you I'm talking about? I'm trapped in this, like, maze world right now. I'm into it. And... You sure you didn't take an acid trip? Dude, this sounds like drugs. It was... It's cool. I mean, I definitely was inebriated <laughs> while I played, which added and took away from my experience. I'm going to tr- play some more. I streamed it, too. It was pretty crazy. Somebody was watching it. They're probably disturbed like me. What is it on? Um, uh, I got it on Steam. Oh, I'm going to check this out. This sounds really cool. Yeah, I it's it's really that. weird. It's only three dollars too. Oh hell yeah! Cool. Um, what about Fortnite, Josh? Uh, Fortnite has been uh fun. I've been playing it here and there. The the new uh season or chapter or whatever I forgot the terminology started, and it's it's been pretty cool. Like season. the maps yeah. like half underwater and there's like giant sharks and stuff. Dude, it's crazy. You can you you can cast a fishing rod at a shark and you'll like hook it and then it'll like take you around the map. You can like ski behind. Oh, it's like a, it's like a taxi. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and then like, the sharks will kill you too. So if as soon as you get off the taxi, you got to run. Yeah. Because they can come um, onto land. But if you destroy them, then like they usually have good weapons inside their bellies and stuff. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Um, I, uh, I I enjoy it. It's kind of my go-to for if I want to play a game but don't have a lot of time to get too invested because that's fun for 10 minutes or an hour. You know, it's, right. it's just fun. Dude, Fortnite's awesome. I don't care what anybody says. I like Fortnite. I like Fortnite. I'm not good at yeah, it, but I, I like it. It's popular for a reason. Right. And then uh, The Witcher 3, and probably like an hour or two, and I'm not super far. I'm bad at Gwent, but I think I know how to play. <laughs> um, it reminded me of Pazak from KOTOR, and that like, this is a really cool concept, but for some reason I'm dumb and can't play it efficiently, you know? Huh. What but, do you think uh, of the, the rest of the game, though? There's a, Oh, I, I really there's like quite it. A, there's I've, quite a bit of game outside of Gwent. <laughs> yeah. No, the game is cool. I've heard the... <laughs> I've heard that people complain about the combat, but I don't get it. I like the combat. I don't understand why people don't like the combat. Yeah, it's... I mean, I think... So, that came out the same year as Bloodborne. And I think people were just so high on Bloodborne that when The Witcher came out, like, it was awesome. But they were just like... Something about this combat's a little weird after playing It's just an action RPG. It's not supposed to be super, you know, counter block. And I mean, there is countering and parrying, but it's not going to be as in-depth as Bloodborne's thing. Because it's not Bloodborne. I like. But, the yeah, combat. I think you're right. That's probably why, though. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't hate the combat in, in The Witcher. It was it, it did what it needed to do. It got me through that yeah. game. It's man, dude, that game is like crazy. Like it still holds up. I think I do, and I played it on Switch, which is like not ah, a great the place Switcher. to play it. The Switcher and Saber Interactive did the port for that, or they helped with the port with that. Um, man, it still I think is pretty good on Switch. That's um, the bar for ports, I think too. If you re- uh, port a game to Switch that came out like pre like 2018, and it's mm-hmm. bad, I'm immediately going to point at the Witcher and go, "Hey, that game was ported really well, and the entire game was on the cartridge. So what's up?" Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. Um, I, huh? I'd like to see what maybe a new Witcher game would look like, or I don't know. I, I, I'm not done with with Geralt yet. And I love the show. Did you guys see the show? I did. I'm going to watch it after I play the game. If you know, oh, you finish the game, but you haven't seen the show. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. It's cool. Um, awesome. Uh, so Chris, uh, we'll talk about Ghost of Tsushima here in just a second. Talk to us a little bit about Rocket Arena. Yeah. Um, Rocket Arena is a new game that's been published by EA <laughs> under the originals banner. And, um, it's surprisingly good. I'm, I was like, okay, I just wasted 40 bucks on this, haven't I? Like, the, the menu gives off that PlayStation All-Stars feel, you know what I mean? Where oh, it's yeah. like cheap and it's got really bad design <laughs> at the front. But like, when you actually get in the game, the gameplay's super solid. Like, it's very unique where, um, you're flying around, you're shooting rockets at, rockets at each other. Everyone has a different, has different abilities going on. And, um, yeah, you've really got to think about what you, you can do in the, in the battle or, and, uh, what strategies you can add into the game. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's like about eight different, uh, characters, I think, all of their own unique weapons and skills and stuff. And, um, yeah, but I, I think there's a value there that they're going to put in more stuff in, like free updates and such. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun just because you're, you have to combo your rockets and together. And it's, it's really, really, uh, fun just to, just 
figure out the mania that's going around you and <laughs> and just just uh <clears throat> yeah just figuring out what's going on um in the game so is this is this early access or is it out no it's out it's oh, completely okay. out i think it was in a beta like a year ago on oh, pc okay um it was originally gonna be free to play but they changed to the 40 dollar model um, but like there is a battle pass coming up and all that. So there's a store. There's a store like in Crash Team Racing uh, that you can buy like cosmetics and stuff. Oh, interesting. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any pay to win kind of like situations in this game at all. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It has a lot of personality. It gives me those Overwatch vibes, and I'm I'm actually really liking it. It's just surprising. And which platform are you playing on? Uh, PS4, but it's also crossplay. Okay. So, um, cool. You can play on PC, uh, Xbox One, or uh, PS4. Awesome. Um. All right, Jesse. Let me hear your thoughts on Deadly Premonition Two. Very curious to hear your thoughts. All right, so Deadly Premonition 2 was probably my most anticipated game this year. Oh, like, hands that's down. That's crazy. I oh, love no. Deadly Premonition oh. 1. Like, I adore that game so much. And I'm about, I want to say, like, three-ish hours into Deadly Premonition 2. And I'm happy to report that I'm enjoying my time with it. It is a mess but I'm loving every moment of it because, and, and, and I'm sure you've seen a, a lot of this sentiment on the internet, just like that game is supposed to run like garbage. That is like part of the charm of that game. And because the first one ran so poorly and the voice acting was bad and it all just kind of fit into that like small town, quirky Twin Peaks, uh, like aesthetic. And yeah. while I don't think so far, at least that two has hit the highs of the first game for me, uh, I'm still enjoying my time with it. I've got so much more to go. Uh, I've seen some stuff on the internet about their handling of certain characters and stuff, and Swery himself has even come out and said, hey, we handled this poorly. We're actually going to put out a patch to uh, address this. Yeah, I saw that. And so yeah. I'm I'm waiting to see what happens with that before I push forward in the story because I would want to play uh, a more like definitive version of that game if he is going to patch it. And so I'm I'm waiting on that. But I think overall, like it's still, it's still fun to be Francis York Morgan. Like it is still, it, it's still weird. And you ride a skateboard through the streets of New Orleans because someone stole your car. And so instead of just getting a new car because you're an FBI agent, you just ride your skateboard through the streets. And the game runs at like eight frames a second when you're doing that. And God. it's so that, weird. So like I've seen footage of it just comic, like just running comically mm-hmm. badly. Is that? Is that like your experience with it as well? Yeah. Like, so, I was talking. I was talking to my friend Jay uh, yesterday about it, and he's a little bit further ahead than I am. And he was saying, and 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 I've had the same experience that when you get to the open world section of the game, the skateboarding areas, like that is what runs really bad. But when you're in like an interior, when you load into something, it runs fine. Oh, okay. So it's not like the outer worlds then. That's no, fine. it's it, and like the game doesn't look great ever. It's just like, you know, Swery's kind of got that style, and that's kind of what his games look like. And Deadly Premonition 2 has a style, and it's not great at times, but, you know, it sticks to that. And, like, it runs at a respectable frame rate when you're, like, doing stuff inside of buildings or you're in a contained scene. 
they did confirm that there are going to be performance fixes um, over the next few months, I think, but they're yeah. just putting those plans into motion. They're trying to figure out when they're going to release that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and I haven't found that the... Like, it runs at a bad frame rate, docked and handheld, but also it hasn't, like, impeded my ability to play through it because a lot of those okay. open-world sections are you kind of just going from point A to point B. It is a lot of you just, like, riding around in, like, big open streets. So you're not really missing anything. Like, the environments don't look that great, so you're not, like, missing much. Because the heart of that game is in its characters and is in its story. So as long as that stuff contain, like continues to be good, the rest of it around it doesn't necessarily bother me personally. Do you think the discussion around it is warranted because of how badly it runs or do you think people are blowing it out of proportion so good question i I think there's two camps right so there's the camp of people who knew exactly what this game was going to be and if you go to like any youtube video of pre-release footage people are commenting like this looks like it runs like shit it's perfect and like that is ign put up ign put up 17 minutes of gameplay and the top comment is exactly that and it's so I think there's those people, but then I, and I, I'm, I'm with them for the most part, but this game is also $50. And I think when you pay $50 ah, for something, yikes. there's a certain expectation that the game will run. And so I, I, I sympathize with people who are upset because, you know, at the end of the day, you bought a product and you deserve to have that product, like be worth your $50. And so I, I mean... It's hard because it's like I think it's a case by case thing, but I I totally understand why people would be upset with how poorly this runs, considering that in some cases it runs worse than the first game, which came out like ten yeah. years ago. Uh. I was also <laughs> wondering, wanted to ask you too. Do you think? Because this is what I was wondering. Um, I'm just speculating. I didn't read this anywhere or whatever. I don't have anything to back it up. But I'm just curious. Do you think that maybe this wasn't originally planned for the Switch, but was in development, and then Nintendo scooped it up, and they were like, well, let's uh, let's see if we can make this happen? So, it's interesting, because I could see that being the case, but then I could also see it being, like, I don't think anybody... When this game was announced, nobody ex- nobody ever expected a sequel to Deadly Premonition. Like, it just mm-hmm. wasn't a thing. It's, it's something that people wanted, but it wasn't, like... You know, it's a cult classic, right? It's it's a, it's a game that has a very dedicated following, but doesn't have like a main mainstream appeal. So I would find it hard to believe that they were making it without Nintendo, without somebody coming to them about it and being like, "Hey, oh, we'll right. give you the money to develop this if you develop it exclusively for us." Kind of like the same way Bayonetta two only yeah. happened because Nintendo stepped in. And so I right. could I could see it though them being like, "Whatever, we'll develop this and we'll put our own money in it because we believe in our product." And then Nintendo came along and was like, but what if you just put it on the Switch? But if a game runs poorly on the Switch, like, you can't... Like, I see some people, like, being like, oh, well, if it was running on other consoles, it'd be better. And it's like, no, this clearly isn't a Switch problem. This is a a development problem. And so, I I don't know. I mean, I I could see that being the case that, you know, they were developing it and Nintendo came along. But I could also see the flip side of Nintendo being like, we want to make this happen. Now, is it, like, just something that kind of is just intentional? Because you were saying it's kind of part of it? Or do you think this is just kind of a side effect and, like, because of money or whatever? I, it's... Because it's, I get the weirdness. Because, like, I haven't played the game, but, like, I, I've I've heard it described and compared to, like, Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. 
and I love Twin Peaks. So I, I get that like Twin Peaks is supposed to be vague sometimes. It's supposed to be weird sometimes. But like the only thing I have trouble understanding is like why the um, performance is part of that. I'm just and I'm not like trying to like be rude. I just don't understand no, it. no, because it, 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 it's it's a, it's a fair a fair question because I I so the first game ran poorly and I think it worked in its favor accidentally. And so okay. I think it just kind of became a yeah. running joke and kind of just became yeah. part of the appeal. Like it's so bad, it's good. Exactly. Passion. And so yeah. what I've heard about Deadly Premonition 2 from people who have finished the game is that it it's not a so bad it's good situation. It's just a it's a mediocre situation. And I think oh, that's worse. Yeah, and, that's and worse. that's that's the problem. And so I think when it comes to the frame rate specifically, I think that is just another I don't want to say accident because you know, people are working hard on this game, but I do not think that they intentionally made the frame rate this bad to like appeal to the the likes of the first game. I genuinely think this game just has bad frame rate. Gotcha. And well, hopefully they're able to patch. I'm probably going to check it out either way though, because those games look. Really cool. And I will say, the first uh, see, game is on Switch and it runs fine. I bought it and I can confirm it uh, runs fine. I, and I bought it just because, like, the first two hours of Deadly Premonition 2 was just so interesting for some reason. Like, the dialogue was strange, but um, intriguing, mm-hmm. you know? So I was, like, engaged by mm-hmm. it for a long time, just watching a Let's Player just check it out. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> um, Deadly Premonition Origins is really cool. And I, I think um, I, I'd recommend it personally. Yeah. Um, I I think it's just so intriguing, so weird, and um, that is just it's it's um is luring me in, I guess. Especially if you like Very Twin Peaks, uh, it it's basically I don't want to say a carbon copy because it does do its own unique things, but it very heavily grabs from Twin Peaks in a lot of scenarios. Okay. That's like an instant sell for me because I fucking love. Twin yeah, Peaks, I think you so. would really Deadly <laughs> Premonition Two as a video game is uh, I mean Deadly Premonition as a video game has its issues, but I think its story makes it all worth it so gotcha so the, the issues are definitely there but the game's worth it in spite of yeah it. i think so okay. okay cool interesting hmm uh well i got i'm curious to see how that game ends up uh let's talk about another switch game though um i've been playing paper mario the origami king i'm not too far into it um i just want to uh, cover its interesting battle system because i think it's uh, i haven't really seen anything quite like it before obviously it's a lot like the other paper mario games but the one thing i uh, right off the bat is that this game is really funny like it is so like it's like really cleverly written um it's it's not quite like self-deprecating humor but it's almost that it's like a nintendoized version of self-deprecating humor which i love um but yeah the combat is cool so um you god how do you even describe it okay so there are these like rings and uh, there's like an inner ring and then a ring outside of that and then a ring outside of that and you have to turn the rings all to to make it so that all of the enemies are lined up so your attacks are more effective basically but you're on a timer so you have to quickly get the rings all to match up so then when they match up it's like a turn-based sort of it's I guess it's not really an RPG as much as it is like an adventure sort of action game but then you can select from your moves and, and attack your your enemies and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited to like keep playing this because it's it's something that I think we need right now, especially in comparison to the other game that came out today, uh, which is a lot darker, heavier, you know, <laughs> uh, more 
more mature, I think. But yeah, uh, I know a lot of people were sort of complaining that this is uh, this this Paper Mario game is not what they were wanting. And there's an interesting interview. I want to say it's Video Games Chronicle. Uh, we'll we'll throw something in the show notes um, for the interview. But anyway, apparently the team that developed this, like it's uh, obviously it's Nintendo, but the the developers themselves like had to get approval from like the higher ups basically to to make any changes to uh, to Mario and all these you know main characters and stuff. Me and my time. Yeah, and like and like they wouldn't give them approval to do that, and so that's why a lot of it is like the oh, same. That sucks. Yeah, Miyamoto's always been really restrictive with story in Mario, which I think right. it's important to let him try to hold it back because we don't want to get like a big the cat situation going on over here, yeah. but. I think that they need to have somebody that's got the same, like, level of power to kind of, you know, pull back. Because Mario benefits from having, you know, some lore and story. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, all of the really interesting characters you've come across are ones that you, like, have never seen before. Like, the, uh, <laughs> like you meet this character, like, within the first, like, ten minutes of the game. And it turns out that she's the sister of, like, the main villain, uh, King Ollie, or whatever. And he's got this, like, emo hair. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so cool. Like, I think for the humor alone, this game is is great. And I actually really like the combat. So, yeah, I, I recommend it so far. I'll report back next week when I put more time into it. But so far, uh, I'm into it. And people seem to be liking it online as well. Um, so, That's good. Uh, let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima. So that also came out today. This is Sucker Punch's latest game. They're the team that made the infamous game. Um, and this is sort of the last big ps4 exclusive um that we know of and pretty i think safe to say that it is the last exclusive or the big the last big feels anyway. weird um yeah doesn't it yeah and so this is a third person open world samurai action sort of story heavy lots of combat game um and yeah i general thoughts I'm, I'm probably about two or three hours in i've been doing a lot with the photo mode because i actually have a project for work i'm doing with that so i've actually i probably would i would be further in if i would have spent less time in the photo mode i mean it's uh, really pretty though i get it it's a good photo oh, yeah. mode great photo mode uh but yeah so far i'm really liking it love I, I love how it feels to attack an enemy with a sword that feeling of like the crunchiness and like the sound your sword makes when it hits the enemy i know it's kind of brutal we'll talk about that but there's a certain like feel that you have to get right it's kind of like the the feeling of the of getting the active reload in Gears of War. It's like a perfect feeling. And I think Sucker Punch nailed it, at least from a combat pr- perspective. Um, Jesse, let me get your, your early thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima. How far into it are you? How do you feel about it? Give me your thoughts. Um, so I, I played a bit last night, and then I, I played... It's actually loaded up right now on the screen next to me. Um, I, I paused it so we could do this, but I just see it over in the corner of my room. Uh, it's very beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm probably a few hours in. I've done a couple of like the main quest line story stuff, uh, or at least I think it's the main quest line. I'm not really sure how to tell the difference uh, between side missions and story missions. Um, but I, I'm, I'm liking it so far. Uh, I thought the first hour was a little slow. Uh, I wasn't really Same. buying what they were selling. But then once the world kind of opened up, I kind of got a grasp. I'm like, okay, this is what this thing is. Uh, I understand what to do and I've just been riding around on my horse and walking and, you know, discovering <laughs> stuff and 
I've, I've been having a good time. I've been. Um, Which horse did you pick? Um, so there was like the black, the white, and then like the dapple. Uh, dapple. I picked I picked the dapple, which is just like the gray horse, uh, yeah. and then I named him Sora, obviously. Obviously, obviously the uh, obvious choice. <laughs> Chris, again, I could say mean things about Kingdom Hearts, but I won't because I know how much it means to you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh-huh. I like how you just. Like, like, I really shouldn't. I shouldn't rail on. Red Dead Redemption. Especially like, since you're different. wrong. Like, that's the worst part. You're wrong. Also, the Red yeah. Dead games have better titles. They're not confusing at all. It's just Red Dead and Red Dead 2. It's just not my cup of tea. All right. Let's 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 bring it back to Ghost of Tsushima. Sorry. So, um, I picked the Black Horse. I don't know if that matters. I forget what I named it. Shadow, maybe, because it was black. I guess that Yeah, sense. you only get, like, three options. Um, yeah. So, Chris, it sounds like you weren't as hot on the first hour of it either. What, what was your take on it? Yeah, it was just a bit slow. Um, there was a lot of uh, cutscenes, and I wasn't really invested in the characters at that point. Um, but just like Jesse, um, as it opened up, like I was, I was in. Like just that title screen alone, I was like, okay, this is what I'm in for now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, just seeing things in the distance, like the smoke, and then you you go through this force and take out all the bad guys you know like it's it's, it's fun and it's it's open world fun right and what do you think of the combat do you think it's as complex as you would like it to be is it too complex i think sucker punch should have gave us a bit more to start with but i i get the whole idea of him le- um, learning how to do all these moves as he's learning more and more about himself that's mm. that's kind of cool um yeah i i it it seems like the progression system is super rewarding and it has so many options for you like if you want to focus on stealth you can do stealth if you want to focus on being more of a samurai you can go that way you know yeah. so it's, it's it's got some good options there i like what you said about him learning about himself there's this early scene where he uh he, he's looking for his sword i guess they took his sword and then yeah. he finds it and then when he grabs onto the sword it goes to like a flashback of him when he was younger <laughs> And like training with his uncle, and it, that's where like the tutorial is. And that's the best way to do a tutorial. Yeah, yeah I, I think like, it's cool. I did like it, that. It, yeah, it feels really natural. Like it doesn't feel like this is a video game. Here are the buttons you press, and we need to tell you that because it's a video game, and that's how you're supposed to do it. It's like okay, yeah, he's thinking about when he first practiced, or when, maybe not when he first did it, but when he was you know practicing with the sword and his uncle. Okay, that makes sense. So I thought that was really beautifully done. Um, yeah, so I haven't really gotten too far into the openness. Um, there was actually an article on Twinfinite. Uh, I think Alex Gibson wrote it, and it's about the size of the map. Yeah. And from what I from what I've seen, it's not too terribly big, which is actually a selling point for me. Yeah, yes. I feel like Sucker Punch <laughs> is pretty good at, at at making dense maps. They're not necessarily huge, but they are filled with stuff. I prefer yeah. that, yes. you know. I like do I don't want to have to walk walk really far just to get the things to do. That's what I liked about Spider Man. Spider Man is way too big. Like Spider Man was that was dense and there was a lot of stuff and it was easy to get around and you could do it all. Hey, on the topic of Spider Man, I know we're getting a little bit off track here. As a New Yorker, what what did you think of the map in Spider Man? So I was very upset with the map in Spider Man, <laughs> um, and it, it was for one dumb reason and one dumb reason only. I think they did an excellent job at New York. I will say that. However. As somebody who's from New York, the one thing I love is to go to the place where I work and see if the building is there, and the building was not there, and I was very upset, 
uh, because not only is there the theater on Broadway that I work at, it was not there. Broadway is not there. And I felt oh, very, I they, they have like that. a theater district and it has like a theater, but it's like not modeled after any theater on Broadway or anything. And so I was like, oh, oh that's kind of a bummer. I thought that maybe they'd have some like crappy Broadway stand in, but they don't even have that. But otherwise, New York looked great. I can't complain any of that. Maybe it's a licensing thing. Yeah, have, it could be. I, I, I wasn't really sure. Because I, I was like, oh, they could even just like make the buildings look similar. But like the block is not even there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Joseph said he hasn't done the open world stuff yet. But Jesse, have you? Or Chris, have you? I'm just curious because I've read a lot of uh, stuff on it. And I've seen mostly positive stuff with the gameplay but I, I haven't heard. I've, I've mostly heard. I don't want to say negative, but I've heard mixed emo, mixed reception on um, the open world aspect. And and we're we're shifting gears back to Ghost of Tsushima now. By the way, I just we went off yeah. on a tangent it, for a second. It's an older style open world game. I think is the best way to put it. It is. It's. I I would say that it is similar to Infamous in the way that its open world works, in which you. Okay, maybe not. Maybe Infamous is, is not necessarily the best way to describe it, but. Like, you'll go past an area and a question mark might come up on your map. And then you can click on that question mark and go over there and see what it is. And so it becomes very checklisty. And I don't mean that as a huh. negative. I just mean that as, like, a, okay, I, I can see the things that I have to do. And, like, you'll talk to somebody in a town and then they'll be like, oh, I heard blah, 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 blah. And then that'll be marked on your map. And then you can go it's over there. Like I didn't, that part. I didn't that, part that, is, that part is but really cool. Because the they'll be like, I heard this rumor. And then it'll be like rumor marked on map and you can go over there and investigate what it is okay well that that sounds fine i mean what's wrong with, i don't understand what's wrong with I, that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that um i it is just you know when you when you think of like a like a breath of the wild or something where it's like you have to discover everything on your own the game doesn't really give you a oh, lot i see i think that's where people were like oh mm. it doesn't do that thing it does the other thing that we were doing earlier in the generation which I think is valid. See, that I think makes that is me a fair relieved. way to make an open world game. It's just I, I like that more because then I'm not like worried about missing something or stressed about forgetting to do something right. that I saw. You know, I, I like a little marker guy. And and that's the thing. Oh, no, sorry, no, no, no. Go. I, I. It's it's fine. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say I. Uh, that's the fascinating thing about developing games, where like, you know, you, you first start making it and you have this idea, and by the time your game comes out, that idea might be irrelevant or outdated or like mm. it, it may not work as well you know and so th this game had been in development for god probably six years or seven years or so yeah whenever first light came out was like their last thing wasn't it 2014 yeah. or 15, yeah so they've like been working so, on this theoretically so, since then so it, it had been a while and I, I almost wonder like yeah maybe they had the mindset of you know what an open world was in 2017 or 2016 something like that and maybe now yeah a lot of people are expecting something a little bit different so that's tough as a developer i don't know how you you wrestle with that and you you shout out to metacritic too for not letting people review it yet yeah, yeah <laughs> you have to wait what is it what is it 36 hours now before you can write uh, write a review yeah um yeah I should just get rid of that whole thing. Yeah. I like what PlayStation and Xbox do. You can't review a game if you don't own it. I mean, I don't know how they would do it, but they should figure out a way to, I don't know, link your fucking gaming profile or something, because otherwise people can just review bomb you it. You can't eventually. review it unless you have the Platinum Trophy. Oh, holy there you go. shit. You haven't truly experienced <laughs> um, it if you haven't Platinum it. So, so Jesse, uh, any 
sort of any closing thoughts or anything else you wanted to say about Ghost of Tsushima? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with it. I'm excited to see where it goes. And uh, just to just to touch on the point that you brought up about, oh, you know, like a game starts in development and, and the, the landscape of open world games is very different by the time that game comes out. I think, I, I think you can kind of see in Ghost where the turning point was for them of the like oh if you follow the animal it'll lead you somewhere or the wind is your guiding force like i think that they did try to incorporate more nuanced and more new form like immersive contextual like elements to the game and i think those things work really well like i found a fox and i followed it to a shrine and i got some stuff for doing that but like the game didn't directly point me and say you have to follow this fox Oh, or I didn't like right. click a waypoint. Like it was just in the world, and I followed it, and I found something, and I thought that was really interesting. And so I do think they are doing some interesting stuff in that regard. Jesse, can you pet the fox? Uh, yeah. So I pet a fox. I could not pet that fox. Ah. Oh. Because that fox led me to the thing and then ran away. So I oh. maybe if I was fast enough, I could have pet it, but I did try. At least you can pet a fox. Yes, that's, there are foxes you can important. pet. Do you guys think this is a potential game of the year contender for you guys at all? Too early to tell for me personally. Yeah, yeah same. I can't, I can't comment on that. But yeah, next week we'll have more thoughts. Um, Chris, any uh, closing thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima before we wrap up this episode? Uh, not really, but I do love the environments in this game. They're, they're absolutely goddamn gorgeous. Um, and I, I find it interesting that Famitsu... Um, gave a perfect score to this game. Yeah, what was up with that? So, they don't usually do that. They're like notorious. No, they don't. That's rare. This is yeah. a so third Western that's a game. Huge to get compliment that too. for Sucker Punch, who are a Seattle studio. You know, very yeah, and that's fascinating too. You know, to to nail that sort of Japan aesthetic. Yeah, that's only happened for two other Western games too. So that's yeah, pretty big. What was it? GTA, wow. GTA and what was the other one? I don't remember. It was probably Bioshock 2. No, it wasn't Bioshock <laughs> That's it's, a, it's definitely not Red Dead. Nah, it's not Red Dead. I think GTA, something else. Well, I don't know. Well, somebody will, is Somebody's yelling at their earphones right now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that about wraps it up. Like I said, we'll have more coverage on uh, Paper Mario and Ghost of Tsushima next episode, on episode 79. Um, so that about wraps us up for episode 78. Uh, Jesse, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, anything you've got in the works you want to talk about? Where can people find you on the internet? That sort of thing? Uh, nothing too crazy in the works. I mean, you can find my, my writings at twinfinite.net. Uh, on Twitter, I'm just at Jesse Vitelli. You'll know if you found the right spot. If you find Mama Bug Snacks Vitelli, that is me currently. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. I just want to say a big thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, it's, it was a ton of fun. You guys are, you guys are great. Of course. And I was going to give you a big thank you as well to, for coming on and for just being an awesome person, man. Like on, it's weird because like a lot of the interaction, at least that I have is with people on Twitter because you can't go out right now. And a lot of it is fine. Some people are snarky and rude, and then you're always just so just pure, wholesome. like wholesome and nice, and it's just I appreciate that. So thank you. Oh, I, I appreciate I appreciate you appreciating that. Let's just appreciate everybody. <laughs> I just appreciate everybody here. Thank you. An appreciation like circle jerk, right? Hell yeah! Whoa! 
right. I'm part of that appreciation group as well. Jesus. And uh, Chris, where can people find you when you're not on the show? By the way, the third perfect game was Skyrim. Oh, there it is. And uh, you can find me at Penwell Writes on Twitter. Uh, You can read my work on The Gamer. Um, I'm doing views every day, and I'm actually putting out some features soon. So look out for that. Um, And also... Uh, check out my My Hero Academia podcast, Go Beyond, and uh, we we talk about each and every episode um, in extensive detail, and it's super fun. Chris, I appreciate your enthusiasm for My Hero Academia. Academia? Academia? Academia. Yeah, you're plus ultra, dude. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, I I am going to watch that because I have it on PS4. It's very good. Oh my god, please do. Please do. Please do. Yeah. I, I want to do... What's the other one people like? The Titan? Attack on Titan? Attack on Titan? Yeah. Do they have that in English? I know that's really annoying, probably. Do they have an English version? Yes, they do. Okay. I, I actually mainly watch the dub. Um, both Vaughn and I watch the dub. So, um, yeah. Okay. We, we totally recommend it. That's good to know. Uh, Josh, mm-hmm. where can people find you when you're not on the show? Uh, one of the games that got a near-perfect score was Red Dead 2. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Chris. That's where you can uh, find Never Josh. change. Never change, Josh. Thank you. I'm not making it up, though. You it's, can find right Josh there. reading no, Red Dead Redemption the... 2 reviews. Red Dead 2 is so good. Uh, you can find me wanting to replay Red Dead 2, but not having the time. Um, and I, I sometimes I stream games on Twitch. JerkJersh77. Um... And then uh, please check out uh, Kind of Funny's X-Cast. I think that could be a really cool and exciting thing, and I would love to see that exist alongside P.S. I Love You because both uh, both platforms have cool stuff happen, and it's nice to have a spot for them to be celebrated. And Snowbike Mike's fucking awesome. He really is, though. We'd love like, to have him on the show. He, he's, he's Speaking of wholesome people, he's just a really fun person, <sighs> and he's just, I don't know, he's going to be a fun host. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Yaden, and you can find my work at Digital Trends, Game Skinny, and The Escapist. So, oh, and in terms of what I have in the works, I have a feature-ish kind of guide. It's a mixture between a feature and a guide. That's going to be interesting. Of the photo mode in Ghost of Tsushima. So you guys can look forward to that probably by the time this episode goes live. And then I actually also have a feature in the works with Switch Player Magazine about the Doom Eternal soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And how it, uh, basically how it's a great place to get into the metal genre of music because I know it's kind of a an inaccessible genre at times, but Doom Eternal might be a good place to start. So you guys can look forward to that. Whenever copies go out with that, they're from the Shout out to Mick Gordon too. Every soundtrack he's done has been fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, uh, we will catch you guys next week on episode 79. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.